Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is to be a weekly place of rest for creatives, to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be a part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. I'm here with our other host, Amy, and our friend, Cassidy, which we're so excited for uh, her to be here and just to give you, uh, shed a little light on eternal hope in her life. So Cassidy, we're so excited to have you here. Just so you guys can get to know Cassidy a little bit, Cassidy speaks fluently in Friends quotes. She she loves Cinderella, and she has the collection of Disney mugs to prove it, guys. I have 22 Cinderella mugs. 22. That is amazing. Yes. (laughs) She loves to bake in the kitchen. She actually owns a pink mixer, and she is married to her college sweetheart and lives up in Pleasantville, New York. So, Cassidy, we're so excited you're here. Tell everyone a little Uh, bit about you. Thanks for having me. Um, A little bit about me. I am actually not from New York at all. (laughs) I grew up and was raised in... uh, Pittsburgh, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, after Ben and I got, we met in uh, Penn State. And after we got married, I moved up to New York uh, because he had a job up here. And we've been here now eight years. That's amazing. So, yeah. Awesome. And Cassidy and I, um, we actually met um, doing wedding photography. We photographed many weddings together, and Cassidy is an amazing wedding photographer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, how long have you had your... Oh, yeah, Spark. Spark. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually... I looked it up, and uh, I started going back... Or I started going to Spark in 2014. Um, So, like, back in the days when it was in New York City. Wow. Um, Yeah, and it was when I, like... I moved it here in 2012, but then, like, I was working and everything, and then I, like started my business well I went full-time in 2014 and wow. that's when I was really looking for community and found spark through Cassie. I was so lucky because Cassidy's was like my go-to second shooter for so long <laughs> and it was so awesome to have it was her amazing. she's so helpful it was yeah. amazing and I still love shooting with you guys it's awesome I love it too it's so special when we get just to shoot together well I'd love to know like a little bit about your journey um just with you know, anxiety and just physical pain, um, mm-hmm. more on to like how you kind of sought after that, that eternal hope, um, through all of this and that you're still kind of going through. Yeah. It's actually really been quite the long journey. And yeah, and what, like you said, it's, it's still continuing. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll start with my, um, physical pain. Um, I have uh, migraines and chronic neck pain. Uh, The migraines started about nine years ago. Um, It was while I was planning my wedding and also planning to move to New York. And so I thought it was due to the stress of um, all of that. When I moved up to New York, um, the migraines actually started getting worse. And at one point, my a neurologist had me track my migraines for a month with, with an app and I was having 25 migraine days in a month. Oh my wow. gosh. Yeah. I was just like basically on the couch all the time. So, um, I ended up seeing two neurologists, 
neurologist um, ended up my second one is the one that I currently see now. And he had me start on Botox and that like helped so much. So I still get Botox to this day um, every three months. And, and it's not to get rid of wrinkles. <laughs> no, it's not. Although they put a couple, like two shots between, like right between my eyebrows. And so I don't mind that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we eventually found out was what was causing the migraines initially was the est- estrogen in my birth control. So I had to go off of birth control, um, at least with that estrogen in it. Um, but I, but then what happened was... Um, about seven years ago, I started developing upper neck pain and it was in the back of my skull and it was right where the, um, like the skull and the spine met and the pain would go into my skull and would trigger a migraine. So even though like I was off of the estrogen or the birth control with estrogen, I was still getting these migraines and then the pain just slowly progressed down my neck and into my shoulders. Um, out of desperation, I just started Googling doctors and I found a great pain management doctor. Um, and so what we have done is basically try to keep the pain at a minimum. I'm never without pain. Um, but I get nerve ablation done where they burn the nerves in my neck, um, to help the, like, to, I guess, stop the signal to my brain for the pain. Um, I also get trigger point injections. I do physical therapy, acupuncture, stretching, and I go to the gym. Mm. So it's a lot. And then also in that, within those years, I have had two herniated discs. Um, I had one surgery in 2015 and then one just this past January. Um, so I have two titanium discs in my neck. Um, so yeah, I, that's kind of the physical pain that I go through. Um, I'm sure then, that like, it has oh. to be, you know, partnered almost with the anxiety that the physical pain is oh. kind of leading to that. Is that true or? Oh, definitely. Okay. That is some, it's totally um, something I found because I carry my anxiety and my stress in my neck and my shoulders. Mm. So yeah, so that's also part of it. But as far as my anxiety goes, um, I, that I've dealt with most of my life. Um, even as a kid, I can remember, like, I didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but it was, I was feeling anxious and then it usually came in the form of stomach aches. Um, and then my first semester at Penn state, it got so bad that I couldn't concentrate during the exams. Um, I would, be focused on like my stomach ache and trying not to leave the room to go to the bathroom. So um, it was recommended I see a psychiatrist and I started taking medicine for anxiety um, and it was well managed for years. Um, you know, got married, moved to Penn State. We, I started shooting weddings in 2010, but we officially started my business in 2013 in New York mm-hmm. and it was going really well. Um, and then in 2017, I started getting nervous before weddings, which was not normal for me. Like I loved weddings. I love shooting weddings. Um, so my regular doctor prescribed Xanax to take just before the weddings, um, which would help me like get to the weddings because once I got to the weddings, I was totally fine. I was like in the zone, 
Ben calls it my photographer mode. Um, <laughs> it's like all is good. And I am like, you know, I love it. Um, so I have what's called anticipatory anxiety. Um, so it's leading up to an event. Right. Um, but what happened is my body got used to the Xanax. And so then I needed more. And what I found out later is this was a really bad way to use Xanax. You're actually supposed to take it steadily each day. So in McKenna, you might remember this, yeah. July of 2018, I was supposed to second shoot for you. Ugh. And it was an afternoon wedding and I woke up and I was just like, <sighs> I got a shower and I couldn't stop shaking. I was laying in bed, I couldn't stop shaking and it got to the point that I couldn't breathe. And Ben had to call like McKenna and be like, I don't think she's gonna make it. I can't even get her to like get ready. Um, and so thank goodness you were able to find Amy yeah. to help out. <laughs> Amy stepped in for me um, and we went to the ER. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the beginning. Um, it like, that was like, okay, I need to find a psychiatrist instead of having my physician prescribe medicine. Um, and what we found out was that my medicine I'd been taking since college for anxiety, uh, my body had become used to it. Mm. I've been taking it for over 10 years and it's actually a really common thing to happen. Mm. So we needed to find a new medication. Uh, but if, unfortunately it was all during wedding season, like, you know, July to November, heavy wedding season. Hi. Um, and in case you don't know about mental health medication, it's pretty much trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, they're slowly getting tests, blood tests, where you can find out which medicines won't work as well, but mainly it's trial and error. And the medicine can take four to eight weeks to take effect. Wow. So you're basically like just waiting to see how it's going to take effect. And a lot of medicines, I had negative um, effects um, where I would just shake, um, like my legs would just shake. I shot one wedding where I thought I was nervous the whole wedding, but it was the fact that my medicine was making me shake the entire wedding. Oh. Um, and so the other problem was because I have anticipatory anxiety, we didn't really know if the medicine was working until I was put in a stressful, you know, situation like shooting a wedding, which isn't great. So we tried six combinations of medicines. Um, Thought we had found the right one. And then December 30th, 2018, I was in Pittsburgh for the holidays. Um, I had really bad neck pain. It was turning into a migraine. So I took a nap and um, Ben tried to wake me up from the nap for dinner and I was unresponsive. Mm. Um, he, it, or it looked like I was unresponsive. He could, I couldn't move anything. I couldn't speak, but I could think very clearly and knew what was going on around me. Um, so we went, they took me to the ER. Um, everything was normal, all the tests. And I eventually regained like all my motor functions and everything. And so basically it was like chalked up to just a really bad migraine. Um, and so when we got back to New York, my neurologist who I love, was just like, no, that's not the answer. He did not agree. Mm -hmm. And so he ran every test possible. 
Um, and as a like final Hail Mary, he did a 48 hour EEG um, where I had to wear these electrodes on my head for that long. Um, it was a really sexy look, <laughs> um, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, but it revealed, he called me and he was like, I can't believe I'm calling you and telling you this, but it's revealed that you have epilepsy. And we were shocked, but also kind of relieved because like, it's an answer. Had it, it's an answer. <laughs> yeah. I texted you guys. Yeah. I texted all this, our spark group and I was like, I have an answer. Yeah. Um, and so, but he was like, just it, like, he encouraged us to get a second opinion. So we saw, and it's one a lady that um, he had worked with before that he was friends with. They like text. Um, so he saw, sorry, I saw this epilepsy epilepsy specialist and she disagreed and was like, no, it's not epilepsy, but she said to monitor it. Um, and then in April, 2018, I had some events coming up, a wedding that was like a couple weeks off. Um, and I had two more seizures that landed me in the ER. And these seizures were different where I wasn't like, I couldn't respond. It was, I was like flailing around. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the epilepsy specialists and my neurologist agreed that I needed to go into what's called an EMU or an epilepsy monitoring unit. And that is where you go and they put, you have the EEG on your head the whole time you're in a, you're in the hospital. They have a camera on you the whole time so that the nurses can watch you the whole time. So I went in and did that and I had a seizure. And what was determined was I do not have epilepsy, but I have what's called psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. Um, it's shortened for PNES. Okay. Um, and so what it is is that my the brain waves remain normal, but it basically can look like a seizure and it kind of feels like one for me, but I'm present the whole time. Um, so basically I describe it as my brain doesn't know what to deal with like how to deal with everything that's going on, especially anxiety. Right. So it just shuts down. And I, I feel like I should be able to control it. I feel like I should be able to move, you know, stop it, but, and, but I can't. Um, and that was a really important part for a, my doctor to tell me, like, you can't, you can't, um, you know, try, you can't stop it. It's not something you can do. Yeah. Um, and so, she suggested um, seeing a specialist, um, a psychiatrist that deals with PNES. So we started seeing her nine months ago. Um, there's actually only two in New York. They're very wow. rare. Wow. Um, and we see her in the city. Um, she helped. I was already seeing a therapist and she helped my therapist, like, guide me through finding what triggers my seizures. And basically what we have found is it's when my anxiety is really high. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, oh, one other thing about PNAS before I say this is that it's often associated with PTSD from like abuse, war or trauma. And I didn't really think any of those applied to me. I had a very like wonderful childhood. Um, but I had a lot of people die in my life, um, between like the ages of 10 and 25 which is like a really important growth period. And so that is a really big trigger is death mm. for me. And then finally, 
um, my chronic pain triggers it. And Amy McKenna, you know, um, we were supposed to record this the other the other day, and um, my pain was too much. I yeah. couldn't do it, and I later on had what is now like a light seizure, and was like out of it for the day. So that's where I am currently. The seizures are less and uh, they're less frequent and milder. And I've learned um, how, like, what it feels like when one's coming on um, and, you know, what triggers it. I do meditations during the seizure to help, like, relax myself. And we also know, like, I don't have to go to the ER and I can fight through it. Wow. So I think it's your story is just you know, I'm thinking about where you are, Cassidy, and I can mm-hmm. imagine it being, you know, overwhelming, you know, not feeling like you have control, you know, and being able to yeah. like control this, you know, when it's happening. With yeah. everything that you've faced, how have you seen God walking alongside of you through it? You know, <laughs> a hard question. Because especially during the hard times, I didn't feel or see God walking alongside me. Like, um, I felt lost. I felt like God abandoned me. Um, I was mad at him and I and yelled at him. Yeah. <laughs> and what I've learned is like, that is okay. God can take it. And like, he created those emotions in me. Yeah. Um, so he can take it and he isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and there was a, t- there were a couple of t- couple times where Ben would ask me to pray and I would say, no, I don't want to. I'm mad at him because mm. we, we, started praying every night before we would go to bed. And so then Ben would say for a while, he was like, okay, I'll pray. But then he started saying, well, then just tell him what you're mad at him for. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And uh, Psalm 62, eight says to trust in him at all times, which was very hard for me to do, but it says, um, pour out your hearts to him. God is our refuge. Like he wants you to pour out all your feelings to him. Wow. Um, and in that, like, what we also learned was that, like, that going through that, like, in that period, like, that is such a um, time where Satan really can get such a foothold in your life, like little spiritual footholds that you don't even realize that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through all this, especially with the PNES, like, I felt like there's been so much um, spiritual warfare going on. Um, there were like three instances where I felt him with me. Um, one was spring of last year. I could not stop shaking and this, um, and we didn't want to go to the ER. And it was also partially, I was trying to figure out how to tell my couples I had booked for weddings, like about my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, um, I could just feel the spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. our apartment. I didn't even want to be in our apartment. It felt so heavy mm-hmm. and I felt weird saying it to Ben. And, but finally I was like, I feel like our apartment is just like a battle battleground right now. And so, um, I thought, you know, he would laugh at me or, I mean, I didn't know what I thought, but I felt embarrassed. And so he was like, okay, well we need to pray and worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what we did all night. Um, what an amazing yeah. husband, you know, to, I, to, oh like, well, then tell like, me, just tell God what you have a problem with and like yeah. to listen or just like, okay, let's turn this into a praise and worship, you know, like time because nothing more that the devil hates than praising the Lord, you know, exactly. What an amazing exactly. husband. That's so great yeah. that Ben did that. 
he has really been such a blessing to me. Like God knew what, like God knew I needed him. (laughs) Um, and I say all the time, like God created him for me. Um, but, uh, so we just that night sang and prayed, um, over and over again. And I just was getting all these visuals of like, just this battle going on. It felt like a movie scene, like going on in our apartment. Um, and I had just read this story in Daniel where he was praying and not getting answers. And when an angel finally answered, he said, it's Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Um, he said, uh, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and, and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian king, kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of per- Persia. And so it was, you know, this angel that had come or, you know, God had heard his prayers and this angel was on his way and he had been detained. Like he was fighting spiritual warfare. Wow. And so it just felt like that night that like we had been praying for so long and everything. And it just felt like the Calvary had finally arrived. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden, like, I just felt this overwhelming peace, like this warmth wash over me. And I stopped shaking. Wow. And then like, that was it. Um, and then another time was last year in Pittsburgh. I was without uh, Ben. Uh, I'd gone to visit my family. I had a seizure. My parents didn't know what to do. They took me to the ER. Um, and my mom just loves the song, Raise a Hallelujah. Mm. It's been a song that God has like used to comfort her over. We've had some really difficult times, my family, um, for the past couple years. And when my dad turned the car on, that song came on over the radio. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I was laying in the back with my head, um, in my mom's lap, like shaking, um, having a seizure. And I looked up through the sunroof and I swear I saw like, two angels above us and it just felt like God was protecting us so that was like two times where I really had like visuals of um God like really working for us um but I feel like where I really see God is how he was with me is when you like look back at your life Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a lot of people yeah um and that was like a lot of it is, you know, Ben and I moved to New York with no family or connections here. Right. Um, but because of that, I've been able to see top doctors in the world. Um, and God has, like, guided us to them through other doctors and people we know. Um, and then Ben and I met through a Christian organization at Penn State. Um, and it was heavily run by students. And um, by our junior and senior year, we were heavily involved in helping run it. And we learned skills there that we used to help start a church plant here in New York. Oh, wow. And they have become our community and like, and they are our family in New York. And they have been like with us through it all. And then Spark, you know, like (laughs) you guys have helped me through so much since 2014. And just like, you know, um, with my business, with my relationship with Christ 
and it's really like a sisterhood because mm-hmm. you know it's just beyond supportive and uplifting Cassidy, I feel and, like you're just such a positive person and just, uh, you know, like the light of God really just shines through you. And I feel like it, ever since I have met you, that's always been how it is. Um, and I feel like we've been hearing, you know, kind of where your hope really comes from. But, you know, is this kind of how it's always been for you as a, as a child? You, you've, you've done that or were you, you know, like you said earlier, you, you were angry at God, so you didn't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And that been what really like laid it out for you. But like where... Where do you find that light? Like, where do you find that hope um, when you are angry, you know, when you are hurting? Um, Well, my favorite verse is Hebrews 6, 19. And it's, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, Mm. firm and secure. And I love anchors. They're like, Mm. they're like, I, I have them all throughout the house. But when I look back and see where God has guided me and been present, um, I feel like and, you know, when he was present, when I felt like he was absent, um, and then I see when he worked in my life, I feel like those are all little anchors in my life mm. that remind me like he was there. Um, and like he will be like he was there in the past. He's here in the present and he'll be here in the future. And so that's like really what gets me through. And also knowing that this world is temporary, right. you know, God. God put me on this earth for a reason and I want him to use me, but I have hope that this world and this pain isn't like, it's not the ends. And, um, you know, along with the earth, like I'm going to be fully restored one day. So, and I love this quote that Max Licato says, he said, we can wear our hurt or we can wear our hope. Mm. And so why not like wear our hope? I mean, believe me, I wear my hurt a lot, but Ben sees most of that. Wow. But yeah. I love that quote. And I think that that's such an encouragement for others dealing with really difficult things. Um, Can you give any advice to others who might be struggling with anxiety or physical pain? Um, I would suggest that you find your main support person Mm -hmm. um, and then also find a main support group because like your you and your support person is going to need support, you right. know, people to reach out to, to ask for prayer. Um, yeah, just to be there for you. Um, and then don't be afraid to see a doctor, a therapist, a specialist, um, or go get a second opinion. Like God can heal through them too. Right. I think spiritually, like, Find a way that you feel like you connect to God the most mm-hmm. and continually practice it, um, even in those difficult times. I'm not saying I did all the time, but like for me, it's through worshiping, listening to Christmas or worship Christmas music. No, <laughs> worship, worship music. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really journaling and um, reading uh, like devotions, uh, books that are devotions that really helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for some people, we like going outside for a walk or I know, Amy, you love to go running. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, some people it's talking to, you know, God in your car. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Just really find that way that you connect. I think that's the most important thing. Um, because you need to, um, really find, you need to like dig into God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get that relationship because when it gets really tough, 
that's especially when the devil's going to come mm. and really try to like, um, knock over that foundation. Yeah. There was this so. woman that she spoke at our church and, um, mm -hmm. she had cancer and, um, and she was like, couldn't, she was in quarantine. So she couldn't like, we mm. are all right now, right? We, there's throwing yeah. going on. We are all in this quarantine, but she actually was quarantined away from every single person in her family. Her own like daughters couldn't see her. Her own husband couldn't see her. She was in complete quarantine for three months. Um, and she said, you want to know what that's like? Like if you stand in a room and the only person that can serve you is that somebody that's head to toe covered up, you know, and, and they're, they're mm -hmm. helping you go to the restroom or they're helping you do certain things like how, who else can you get close to other than the Lord? You have, yeah. you have no one else there to distract you. There's not, you couldn't, I couldn't be around any kind of radio action. So like her phone was out, like she had no communication. Uh -huh. Um, and I thought about that and how paralyzing that would be. But if you don't have like the heavenly father to look toward or that some type of hope, that light at the end of the tunnel, I mean, that's mm -hmm. where that, that whole came from, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. because, because he wants exactly. a relationship with you. And she was like, it was, I, I kind of missed those days. She, she survived and she's uh, gets, you know, she lives with her, her husband and two kids now and she's fine, but she's like, I'm a survivor. But more than that, I kind of long for those days of quarantine because I was so close, my like heavenly father. And, and now it's like, I, it, it's very hard to get back to that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but definitely. Well, Cassidy, thank yeah. you for sharing your heart and uh, just being here today yes. and being able to hop on. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's such a blessing to us. We'd love to know where to find you on social media and your <laughs> website. Yeah. So um, my, I have a weird spelling of my name. So my website is Cassidy K Photography, but it's C-A-S-S-A-D-Y mm -hmm. and just the letter K uh, photography. And then uh, my Instagram is Cassidy K Photo. Awesome. Thank you. And then you guys know where you can reach us at njspark.co or njsparkco on Instagram. And we can't wait um, to air this episode. I'm so excited. Um, and I'm also just so thankful, Cassidy, that you're able to just share about what you're going through in the present um, so that people can even, you know, take your advice and move forward um, for their future. Thanks. I love being on and I love you girls. I love Spark. We're so thankful for you, Cassidy. Thanks again for sharing your story. And before we leave this week, we want to leave you um, with a prayer, and it comes from Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Can't wait to see you next time.